1: An Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob.
2: All oh, you haters, come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really
1: wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too
0: fast.
3: What is up, and welcome to the uncontested podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and brought to you this week by Harry's.com/slash Blue Wire. You can find us anywhere you download your podcast. We are also at BlueWirePods.com. Today, you got me, Jacob. I am joined by Taylor. What's up? And we've got Nick.
1: I think we all need to re record our intros because nothing's relevant anymore. I would no longer like to take a flyer on swaggy P and Justin's <laughs> not too fast because he's in Houston that, now. That, yeah, that was a Russ quote. Um uh but always
3: just getting done taking a nap. Like every time every I talk time, to that I dude know. he's, he's, he's always like that Yeah, I just I, I, I was taking a nap earlier and I'm like, yeah. damn, dude, you sleep a lot. <laughs> Lots of naps. But for in his defense i think he he wakes up really early he's like a morning person oh um, yeah that's
2: fair and then takes a mid-afternoon I, nap and morning people are like, like sociopaths dude yeah i'm I'm definitely not
1: i'm Mike, a late night dude person. yeah i if, if i have to be at the office at 8 30 i'm waking up at 8
2: yeah
3: yeah that's all i oh I, oh 100 yeah.
2: dude like
3: rushing ready in the morning
2: yep that's me to a um, team
3: yeah, I'd rather stay up late and work than wake up early in the morning. But unfortunately, I don't think any of us have that yeah. that benefit with our work. So, oh well, our work today is to talk through some thunder stuff, guys. So it's we we've had the weekend. It's been a weekend since really anything crazy has happened. I mean, we've I- had a little bit of time for it to settle in.
2: It's crazy. It seems like something was happening, something new was happening every day there for the past, you know, what, three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and not even thunder I mean, related, just NBA in general. And then always people the were tweeting at me nothing. today
3: saying, "When are the Thunder going to trade away Chris Paul?" And I'm like, dude, "Dude, it's been a week." Yeah,
2: yeah, it's been like three days, and like yeah, Chris Paul even isn't even officially on the team yet. That that trade isn't official yet, which I do find kind of interesting, but also Same. probably probably means nothing. You never know. Yeah,
3: I I don't think it means anything either,
2: but. Still interesting. Would cool. So, but but but
3: you've had three to four days to let it settle in, Nick. Russell Westbrook is going to be wearing red next season. He's going to be in a Rockets jersey. And now that you've had some time to process, like, has it hit you yet?
1: Not yet. I think it's going to take, like, seeing him on the floor, winning a game, and like jumping up and shoulder bumping with Harden for it to be like, man, this is real like pumping up the Houston crowd before tip-off?
3: The Houston crowd that's furiously deleting old tweets about how much they hate Russell Westbrook?
1: Yep. Yeah, see that? My my thing I tweeted about this, it's going to really rip my heart out if Harden and Russell Westbrook are doing, like, their typical dances on the bench before the game, and then, you know, before tip-off, they're doing their campaign Russell Westbrook impersonations, dancing and stuff. That's, that's what's going to hurt me.
2: Yeah, yeah, seeing them, uh, seeing Russ super happy, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, <laughs> it's gonna be weird. I I think uh, just being on Twitter.com enough, and <laughs> seeing all the uh, Photoshop jerseys of him and, and the either the red or the black or the white uh, of of Houston's main jerseys, it's it settled in for me as much as it will. Like Nick said, before we actually see them on the floor, and at that point, I don't know if it's gonna feel feel real until halfway through the season, maybe even a full season. You know, yeah, just, and I- anything but a thunder jersey i was
3: i was uh watching some stephen adams highlights last night uh which is kind of funny because there's like a stephen adams highlight package of him just making sportsmanship plays that was and there's awesome also a stephen a stephen adams highlight video of just him setting screens which is both of those things <laughs> are just the most stephen adams things ever that's so true but like you don't i do this russell trade like I it, it didn't register to me. That dude has never played without Russell Westbrook on his team.
2: I, I'm, so, I'm so curious to see what kind of Steven Adams we get next season. Yeah, like you know?
3: every every highlight of Steven Adams is is with Russ on the court, right? With a with a slick Russ pass to a to a diving Adams for a dunk or or this or that or whatever. I mean, you know, but
1: in all he, fairness, no Thunder player has ever played without Russell Westbrook. That's true. He's played. He's point. he's not necessarily played. He's been suited up in every single Thunder game in history up to this point. That's so yep. sad.
2: <laughs> I and mean, not sad but that's a st- a fat, like sad in the sense that that's no longer uh, no longer going to be true.
1: A side note, yeah, a side note as well for people that are not patient, me being included, um, with this whole CP3 trade. I remember last year uh, with with Carmelo Anthony it was like kind of a, a stalemate for a long time. People were thinking there's, there's no trade. There's no team that'll take that contract. He wasn't traded until July 25th. So like we're, we're still early in the game here. That's yeah. a really good point. And,
3: and you also have to consider like, even though Chris Paul's contract is massive, if you are trying to pair him, uh, with somebody else in a trade, like a Patrick Patterson and Abdul Nader, um, I don't think they would do this, but like a Terrence Ferguson, you are—you have to wait 60 days from the moment uh, the trade is official to pair the player that you received in a trade with another player in another trade. I, so they can trade Chris Paul on his own, but if they are attaching any other player to that trade, you have to wait 60 days, which will put us... In mid September. Right.
1: And, I, and same with Gallinari. I don't know if the Chris Paul trade is official, though. I haven't gotten, yeah, I haven't gotten a press email or anything. So I think, I mean, 60 days from that point, right? Exactly. Not 60 days from the Woe Street, 60 <laughs> days from that point.
3: So, <laughs> but it should be a Woe We're already into this a little bit. So let's just uh, dive feet first in this Chris Paul talk. We have a ton of Twitter questions today. We're just going to let the Twitter questions kind of guide us through this podcast. And our first section here, we're just going to talk about Chris Paul. So coming first from at Dickie Toxin, he says, if the Thunder can't trade CP3 before the beginning of the season, which do you think is more likely? A, Chris Paul teaches Steven to flop like a clipper circa 2012, or B, Steven teaches Chris Paul how to screen
2: like a cement truck? That's such a good uh, such a good question. I mean, those are two equally tough <laughs> Tough scenarios. Um I would say maybe flop. I feel like that's a little easier uh to teach someone. I, I feel like when it comes to screening like like Steven does, it's just it's almost more instinct than anything else, you know? Uh
3: yeah, and I don't know. I don't think Chris Paul would even want like to learn stuff from Steven. I mean, the lasting image of Chris Paul in my head is that game uh in Los Angeles. Where DeAndre Jordan rebounded the basketball and Chris is like screaming at him to like put it back. You guys remember that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like I that's just that like the last thing, like it, Chris
3: but... Paul attitude, mindset thing that's like burned into my brain. And so, uh, so he's the kind of guy that would be like yelling at his teammates that they need a flop.
1: That's true. Yeah. Like, I think on, true. on the other side of things, like Chris Paul is not ray ray thick but that he's i mean he's a pretty thick guy i think it i think he could set some solid screens yeah he uh he definitely could speaking of thick guys
3: <laughs> um this is already going way off topic but lou Dortz, the thunders he's two-way player big boy yeah he reminds me of oh Tate a
2: little bit just longer. He,
3: he reminds me of like current west matthews
2: yeah yeah, I mean boys. he was exciting to watch too. I mean he was he's explosive, quick. Like you say, he's extremely strong. His uh, his jumper needs a little bit of work, as most thunder players it seems like could. Yeah,
1: but that <laughs> dude's gonna be—he's gonna be a like, good defender. Him. He's gonna be a real good defender. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, he seems good, like a bulldog. Definitely.
3: All right. Uh, the next Twitter question we have comes from at Quilter who asks if Chris Paul comes off the bench, will he win the Sixth Man of the Year award?
2: No, not Chris Paul. That's not. First of all, that's not in his personality. Um, he wouldn't be happy with that. Second of all, if he's coming off the bench, that means he's probably going to be traded. Uh, and his, his mints are going to be limited with OKC. So he'll be traded either by the trade, at least by the trade deadline, if not, if not sooner. Yeah, if Chris
1: um, Paul's our sixth man, that means it's because he's on the bench all the time, not playing, because it, he's not going to go for that. Right. I yep. think if they
2: do, Chris Paul on the, and he agrees, he says, Hey, I want to play with you guys. Like, let's do this. I want to play and either raid my trade value or, um, or, you know, just, just stay on the team. If that's, that's what it's going to be this season. Like, so be it. I can see him starting at point guard and maybe you move shade like to the two. And then from there, do you like, do you just play small and like slide further to the three? Like there's a lot of options there, which is super interesting. Yeah.
3: Though. And I don't know. I mean, if you play Chris and Shay together, like, you can't tell me Chris Paul is going to be okay playing off the ball. Right. You know, he, he was very iffy about doing that with James Harden. It, he's going to do it with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know? And and for the Thunder, the thing that they need is to let Shea have the ball in his hands as much as possible. You know, develop him as much as you can.
1: Yeah,
2: and, and I, I mean... Think- go ahead, Taylor. Obviously, I think that's what kind of worries me a little bit, and the fact that there doesn't seem to be a lot of CP3 interest. And, like you said, Nick, like we can't really worry about that until right before season opener, right? Because there's teams are they, it's all about leverage when it comes to trade talks, and uh, and teams are going to try and pretend like they don't have interest until uh, they push the Thunder to becoming a little more desperate, like for example, before the season starts, right before the season starts, and hope that they'll take. Uh, that the Thunder will take less in a Chris Paul trade and or give up more in a Chris Paul trade. Uh, But when you text me last night, Nick, you said uh, it just, it was a random text last night. He just goes, I'm still, I'm a little worried that CP three still on this roster. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you know, I agree with you. Even if we, if we know in our heads that we shouldn't be concerned that he, he still's on roster. It's still hard not to, especially just with how crazy the summer has been. It's still hard not to feel, a little worried because like you yeah, said you just you want them gone right we, we want the young guys to get as much playing time as possible
1: yeah and, yep. and on the point of leverage i think it's a great point because you know from the miami heats point of view you know obviously it's it's been reported and we can touch on this more that uh miami is you know kind of chris paul's destination of choice if you're miami right now this early in the off season you know you're like okay we're i mean we're not going to be willing to give up the kind of package you're looking for, but you're telling me a week before the season and all you have is Jimmy Butler as your guy. And you're about to go start playing real games that matter that, that you're not going to be willing to give up a little bit more to make your fans happy.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, they, uh, it feels like Miami's destined to take something, which, which kind of leads us to, uh, Brian Windhorst had some yeah. things to say
2: on SportsCenter center today, Taylor. That was interesting. Uh, this is right around the time I was getting off of work. So about five o'clock central time, I saw a tweet uh, from one of those NBA sites that, that was quoting my, uh, Wendy on uh, when I think it was, I think it was just SportsCenter, center. And then we actually saw the segment. It, it got on Twitter later. Obviously somebody recorded it. And Brian said that Miami is CP3's preferred destination, which doesn't really seem to be a surprise considering the lack of teams interested in Chris Paul and that Paul prefers not to play in OKC. Uh, the Heat want their two picks at the Thunder hold, which is their 2021 and 2023 first round picks back. And Meanwhile, the Thunder are interested in giving one of the Heat picks back, but they want a different pick later down the line, which makes sense. If you if you trade a, a player, even with Chris Paul declining, I mean, he's still a, what, top 20 player probably? And it, trading him to the Heat, the, that decreases those values of picks. So it makes sense that the Thunder would want a different pick in return and maybe not want to give both those picks up. So – what do you guys think about his comments? And then speaking of trades, are there any other teams that make sense for CP3 besides Miami? I know Andrew selected them down to dunk today. Uh, he mentioned a couple good ones, but also some that I was thinking of as well. Um, and I'm curious to see if you guys have those same teams in mind. So I guess first, yeah, so- touch on the windy stuff. And then second, uh, give me some teams, some other teams outside of Miami that may make sense or that the Thunder could use for leverage.
3: Yeah, um, the the Brian horse stuff that he said, like logically it makes sense. You know, the the Heat do want their picks back the thunder are reluctant to give those picks back or want them want to get recompensated in some other way. Uh, it's going to be some push and pull, right? Neither team is going to get exactly what they want. Um, with that news in mind, I, I, concocted a Chris Paul to Miami trade that couldn't go down until September. I've got two of them actually. Um, so you guys tell me, uh, which one of these two you like better. Okay. Uh, so the first one would be, uh, you send Chris Paul, Patrick Patterson, and both of those Miami first-rounders to Miami. And in return, you bring back Kelly Olenek, Goran Drogic, and um, Justice Winslow.
2: Oh, yeah. I think any trade where you're giving up Chris Paul and then uh, you're not giving up a, a young asset as in a draft pick or a young like one of our young players, and in return you're getting Justice Winslow, I think is a win for the Thunder, in my opinion. So I, I definitely am with that, and then I think the other thing to keep in mind too is with Drogic and Olenek. I mean, those are two guys that playoff teams come February may very well be looking to to add to the roster. So uh, not all, uh, you may not even have to keep them. You know, the entire season. Yeah,
3: that, that's what my thought was. Even if you can't include Patterson in the deal, if you could move off of CP three and like the twenty twenty one Miami pick, and you don't get Winslow back, but you get Goran Drogic back. Drogic is an asset that at the trade deadline with his expiring contract, you can turn around and trade him and maybe recoup that first round pick. Right? So right. so whenever you look at them as, yeah, whenever you look at them as microtransactions, right, you, I traded this player for, for this and this player for this and this player for this. There's going to be some you like and some you don't like. But whenever you take the view from 32,000 feet, And you look at look at this thing holistically over the entire season. What have they done, right? Then it becomes a little more clear. Like I don't even think it's fair to judge the Paul George trade right now because we've yet to see what they turn Danilo Gallinari into, and whatever they turn Danilo Gallinari into is essentially packaged into that Paul George trade, right? So if, if a bunch of people right now are saying. Oh well if you trade Chris Paul and two first rounders. Sorry.
2: Nick. There. Did we lose it? I was gonna bring that up too. That's a good yeah, point.
3: Exactly. It's it's not a a one time thing. It's it's multi stepped, right? So a bunch of Thunder fans right now are saying like Oh, if you trade Chris Paul and two picks, that means you essentially traded Russ for nothing. Well, if you trade Chris Paul and one pick for Drogic, and then later on you can trade Drogic for a pick, you know, uh, it, it's the accumulation of
2: everything. You can't just look at them as microtransactions.
3: And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up at.
2: Which, and that's funny because I was talking to uh, two of my coworkers who were asking me today. Uh, just about the trades in general, you know, the, all the rust stuff, and then the Thunder and the current state of the Thunder. And I made a comment to them, you know, after going through all the different players and I you know I mentioned Gallo could be flipped and all the different guys that could be flipped on this team from Schroeder, Robertson, etc. cetera. Uh, I mentioned that it's going to be super interesting to me to see what this roster looks like at this time next year, because I have a feeling it's going to look completely different. I mean, we may be like, for example, there's a good chance that our young guys, Hami, uh, Ferguson, Baisley, and uh, SGA and Adams are the only four or five that are left on the roster. Uh, yeah, this, this currency at, at this point uh, currently, you know,
3: definitely. And you know, there's there's so much yet to happen that you can't you can't take these things individually. You know, right. there's it's just it's going to be so much moving. Like we've barely even talked about Dennis Schroeder for the past week and a half, two right. weeks. That dude's it's probably not on this team. roster on opening night. You know, yeah. we have we've barely talked about Andre Robertson. You know, th- so there's there's still so much other things that are going to happen. Um, my my second trade idea was Chris Paul and Denver's 2020 first round pick to Minnesota for Jeff Teague and Gorgie
2: Dang. That's exactly where I was going going to go. Um, I actually, that one
3: that trade actually gets the Thunder. Um, below the luxury tax. Uh, they do have to give up a first rounder, but of all the first rounders they have, the, the 2020 Denver one is probably the least valuable.
2: That's that's exactly what I had as well. But you know what's also interesting is you can do Shooter and Patterson and and do a similar sort of trade um, and have a couple different options as well with, with players that you could throw in there. But for yep. CP3, that's one I think that could potentially make sense. Um, I know it's it's kind of tough for Minnesota because Chris Paul is so much older than their core of young guys. Yeah. But they also are desperate for a star, you know, and they're wanting to change their culture and bring in somebody like Chris Paul could be great for, for cat, a guy who kind of needs that fire lit under him to, to reach his potential. Chris Paul could be that guy.
3: Yeah. And, and also, um, Oh, where's the trade to go? Here we go. Um, Jeff Teague is expiring.
2: Right. So, good-
3: if the Thunder acquired him, not only do they get below the the luxury tax, but they can also either let Jeff Teague's contract run out and get off of all that money, or they could try to trade Jeff Teague again at the deadline to somebody who wants to get off money, uh, in return take back an asset or two. Right. You know, trade trade Jeff Teague's nineteen million dollar salary that expires in July for another team's like fifteen million dollar salary. That's on the books for the next two years. But then you also make that team give you a couple of draft picks to compensate you for doing it. Exactly what Atlanta did uh, just about a month ago or a month and a half ago with, with Brooklyn.
2: I think you bring up Orlando. That's another team that's kind of interesting that could potentially uh, show a little bit of interest in CP3. And then another team that I hadn't thought of, but that Andrew Schleck brought up that when I was listening to him earlier today, he, he mentioned Dallas and I think that's super interesting because uh, speaking of Maury, a guy who, who really likes superstars in Houston or trying to acquire superstars in Houston, isn't afraid of, of backing down from a superstar blockbuster trade. Um, you have, uh, oh my God, I just went blank. Wow. Dallas? Uh, the, Dallas' is GM. Oh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, goodness. Uh, wow, that was a brain fart on my part. But, but that's another guy who, you know, he was – linked to Kimba this summer and free agency and, and a guy who kind of wanted a true point guard to play alongside uh, Luca and Porzingis. Chris Paul could be that guy. and might be really good for them in that culture, you know, so that's that's another one that's kind of interesting. You throw in like Tim Hardaway or Courtney Lee and the, those contracts would make a trade like that work.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Nick, are you back with us?
1: Yeah. Um, on, on the Dallas note, I'm not sure what you guys were saying. I just heard Tim Hardaway. Um, I'd like to have him. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the
3: only thing you heard was Tim Hardaway. <laughs> Why would it ever be anything different with you, Nick?
1: Um,
3: okay, do you guys want to want to shift away from Chris Paul to the other point guard on roster?
2: Yeah, yeah. he yeah, a awesome. super interesting prospect that I think all of us on The Uncontested and uh, other podcasts and people who covered the team, there's been a lot of questions about SGA recently.
3: Yeah, so first off, we just dropped some Shea Gilgis-Alexander t-shirts which are absolutely awesome. awesome. And whenever we are done with this pod tonight, we're going to choose our favorite Twitter question from you guys and give one of those t-shirts away. We'll DM you. But if you want to check out the t-shirts, they are beautiful. They, they are absolutely awesome. You can find them on our Twitter at the underscore uncontested. We're going to pin that tweet. So you guys can find very easily the tweet that has the links Uh, They're made by Design Tree. So if you go to to Design Tree, -tree d-s-g-n-tree.com, that's the company that's making the shirts. When you get to their website, scroll down just a little bit, you'll see a big logo that says Blue Wire. And if you click that logo, it pulls up all the t-shirts made by Blue Wire Podcasts, and the two Shea Gilgis Alexander tees will be on there. We have the SGA OKC t-shirt. We also have the Shea Gilgis Alexander just says SGA in the Thunder Statement font, uh, just like the the big orange OKC, except it says SGA. They're both really awesome. And I believe if you go in and you enter your email, they will email you a code for $5 off your first purchase, which will get you about 20% off your first purchase. Shay Gilgis Alexander T-shirt. So
2: yeah, major uh, major shout out to our guy Justin at OKC Tracker. He, he came up and kind of tweaked some of the designs, and obviously a big shout out to the guys at Des- Design Tree. Uh, they're really cool, and, and Blue Wire's partner with them. They've done a great job for all the Blue Wire podcasts. So. Yep,
3: we are we are beyond stoked for these T-shirts and stoked for Shay Gilgis. So go and pick up one of those shirts, and and have it handy for the first game of the season. So guys, let's let's talk a little bit about Shay Gilgis Alexander because. I think for a lot of Thunder fans, like the draft picks are interesting, but they're not really tangible, right? It's like draft picks represent like hope and possibility, but Shea Gilgis Alexander is like a tangible physical player that we will watch on the basketball court next season. And so I think people are are really gravitating towards him. Our first Twitter question about Shea comes from at Tyler Swope. He says, How many MVPs do you guys expect Shea Gilgis Alexander to win in his career? Seven? Eight. (laughs) Should we set the over-under at eight and a half?
2: Spoken like a true Thunder fan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's being funny, uh, obviously. But, you know, that's that's a really interesting question. People just rave about SGA. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I'll I'll be professional and say his full name. Uh, But everybody knows I'm really bad with with player names, so bear with
1: me. Yeah, and that (laughs) was a
2: mouthful it is it is my boss when i told him when he was asking me about it again just a little aside uh, i mentioned him as sga after pronouncing his full name and stuff and he was oh my god there's an acronym thank god <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah you don't have to say That's the full funny. name uh, but anyways you know it, it people just rave about him, and it, like i've watched I've, as most of us have i've watched a lot of highlights of them and it's easy to see why i mean this kid was a rookie last year and just doing things that some NBA vets or vet point cards are unable to do, uh, particularly finishing around the rim. I mean, he has some incredible – he's like an acrobat up there. It's insane how he's able to, to finish around the rim when he has defenders on him. And, and, yeah, he doesn't dunk a lot. Lives. Yeah, no, does, that's true, but he can. Yeah, that's it's, thing, it's like, interesting.
3: We, he doesn't dunk
2: a lot for a six six
3: kid who, you know, as a 20-year-old probably wants to dunk on everybody. He doesn't dunk right. very often. He's got right. a very, very smooth game.
2: We, we we've seen what happens and, and look i love russell westbrook i always will love Rus- russell westbrook i don't want to be the guy that like starts dogging on him now that he's gone so i'm not trying to do that here but like to be completely honest and this is something we talked about early last season we've kind of seen what happens when you have a point guard like that who does dunk a whole lot and relies on explosiveness explosiveness early in his career we had a russell westbrook last year who seemed quite a bit less explosive, right? And try to yeah. be a little more conservative when it comes to that. So that's probably a good thing with a guy like SGA, just with that raw potential. Um, so, I mean, who knows? He might have some MVP potential but at the very least. I mean, I think he's going to be – I think he going be an all-star.
1: Yeah. Uh- yeah, I, I might eat my words on this. Um, I hope I do. But obviously, I think he has a high ceiling. He's going to be great for the Thunder for years to come. However, I think – x years down the road when the thunder are a contender once again i see sga as a third option a really really good third option uh floor general facilitator that really you know gets the most out of your your number one and number two on your team so i don't necessarily see him ever being an mvp type player but i do see him being um you know one of the top 20 most important players for for the thunder um and the entire nba
3: so probably not an MVP. I mean, it's so bold to go out and say somebody's going to win an MVP. But let's say Shea stays in Oklahoma City for the next three years of his rookie contract. And then the Thunder sign him to a five-year contract extension. And he's at least in town for four of those. So they have Shea for the next seven years. Okay, let's just say that. They have Shea Gilfshake eight years old. How many All Star appearances do you think he makes between now and the age of twenty eight?
2: Oh man, that's tough. I mean, obviously, I'd like to be really optimistic and say, like four or five. You know, um, particularly with how high that that people talk about him. But I mean, that's 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 kind of tough to say as well. Um, I think if he makes two or three we should be happy with that, particularly with how crowded the West is. Oh, Jacob, you there?
1: I think, uh, SGA will, will certainly make all-star appearances. I don't know if it'll be four or five. There's so many good young point guards in this league. He'll be, you know, battling with De'Aaron Fox and and guys like that, but I don't know. He, He certainly, he certainly could be. And again, he's more of a smooth player rather than a flashy player. And I feel like smooth, smooth players that don't have those flashy dunks, flashy plays, um, you know, a lot of times don't get those, those all-star votes. You know, obviously he'll get support from, you know, thunder, thunder fans getting those kind of votes, but league wide. Um...
2: I'm with you. Uh, I will say those, some, some of those plays I saw around the rim, it, he, it was pretty flashy, you know, he, 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 but it's, it's a completely different kind of flashy than we're used to as Thunder fans, right? And uh, I think that's kind of what we're getting at here. So, speaking of SGA, <laughs> our second, oh, Brody, he, uh, he's <laughs> excited about SGA, Yeah, that or he's offended that we're talking about a new point guard in town. Uh, since Probably he's named after Russell Brady. Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at Sooner Champs ask, who will have the biggest impact on this team going forward, SGA or Ferguson? I think that's a really interesting question.
3: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so bigger impact, I feel like it's going to be Shea Gilgis Alexander because he will have the ball in his hands more often. But uh, I think they're both going to be important. You know, I think they're both basically the the backcourt of the future for this team. So I'm uh, I'm I'm excited for both of them. But I think if if we're talking the bigger impact on the future of this team, I think it will be Shea.
1: No, you're you're spot on. I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, When you have the ball in your hands, you have more opportunity uh, to make those plays. So, um, I mean, it's 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 got. I mean, hopefully, it's SGM, hoping that Ferg has a great career as well. But for, um, you know, for for the Thunder to be as good as they want to be one day, you need your point guard to be that good that he's in the conversation. Is you know having the most impact on the team.
2: I agree. And I think uh, just watching them play, it's easy to see why people are so high on Shea. Like we mentioned, you know, we, we all watch his highlights, but I think it is probably appropriate to bring up that, the Thunder have always raved about Ferguson as well, particularly his first two years in the league, and not just Thunder execs, but Russ and PG P- and uh vets as well, well yeah, respected. Raymond
3: Raymond Felton a lot actually.
2: but That's and he was going to work with him this summer. You know he yeah. mentioned that in his, which is which is really cool. So um, I think that's something to be excited about. And the Thunder really hot ha- really value Ferg as well. And so, like you said, Nick, I'm really curious to see the the leap that Ferg makes especially with, I mean, he's going to be probably handling the ball a little more uh, depending on if CP three is still on the team or not, I guess, but without Russ and PG, like the game changes completely. Like his role on the team changes completely. And it's going to be interesting to see if he turned to like somewhat of a volume score or if he just is a three and D ring. I mean, I'm really curious to see what he ends up becoming.
1: Yeah. So on that, um, we have another Twitter question that kind of goes hand in hand with that uh, from Deshaun Garduno. He asks, what do you have to surround SGA with for this to be a championship team one day? Um, You know, what do you guys think on that front? And do you think Ferguson is a guy that's good enough that um, can be a starter on a championship team with SGA as the point guard?
3: So, judging championship teams is really difficult. But for a team that's back in contention fighting uh, in the next, I would say, like three to four years for like home court in the playoffs. I think if Shea develops like you want him to, then the type of players that you need to surround him with, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe I'm just biased and I'm a homer, and I I'm just leaning towards what I want to happen. But I I genuinely feel like Steven Adams is a good center for a guy like Shea Gilchrist Alexander, a really big dude who sets solid screens. Shay has become not has become he is he he hasn't become anything yet he's got an opportunity to, but he is really good at coming off a screen, getting downhill and then hitting that little pull up mid range jumper. He's good at finding his bigs who roll to the basket because Shay can manipulate the the pick and roll so well. So I feel like Adams is a good center for a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. And if Ferguson can continue to develop in the trend that he is, becoming a 3-and-D type of guy, that also seems like a player that would kind of fit around a Shea Gildas-Alexander. Um, obviously, there's there's other options as well. But I feel like those two guys have the possibility to, to be really, really good. They're, all three of those dudes have... I mean, we already know Adams is a solid defender. He's really good. Shea and Ferguson seem like they have a ton of upside as wing defenders they're long, they're lanky, they're athletic, they have good instincts so it just those those three pieces at least seem to me like they fit
2: i that's exactly where I was gonna go, and I agree with you completely and i keep and I shouldn't do this, but I kind of compared this young team to the young team of you know harden durant Westbrook uh that championship contender. And if if this team if this young core is going to reach that point in four or so years, um, I agree with you completely. I think Ferguson could be the perfect 3-and-D shooting guard that you would want to pair with a guy like Shea. Um, I think Steven Adams is a perfect center, but then you have to find the quote-unquote Kevin Durant. And no, there's not another Kevin Durant. Thunder probably aren't going to find another Kevin Durant. But what I mean by that is you need somebody who can score. You need a pure score because like Nick mentioned, like many have mentioned about SGA, they don't potentially see him as a – main score, like the number one guy in a championship contender. So you need that other guy.
1: So let me let me dive into that rabbit hole a little bit further because that's a good point. So this is not to dog on Russell Westbrook by any means, but you know the the way they're retooling this roster, you know, I don't think SGA will ever be a guy that shoulders a whole lot of offensive load. I don't think that's because his offensive game um, won't evolve enough to you know score twenty five points a night. I just don't think that's the kind of point guard he is. I think even if he's capable, he's comfortable only shooting the ball twelve to fifteen times a game and kind of getting his teammates involved. I personally think it's super exciting to have a team in the future with a true facilitating point guard that doesn't look to because you, know, you know Russ got his assists. You know he he was a great passer, but to have a true facilitating point guard that, you know, can score when he needs to, but, you know, overall is looking to, to share the rock and, and have a, have a team that, you know, distributes their scoring. It kind of reminds me of the Clippers last season. They didn't have a whole, like any guys that averaged, you know, 25 a game. They just had a bunch of guys that could that score and distribute. Hey, can the you load. guys
3: hear me? Okay. Yeah, um, I think you. my recording stuff messed up, but we're just going to keep rolling with it. Is that okay?
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't sound that bad. So, uh, I guess next we have, uh, let's see, TD Johnson 22. And I think this might be our last SGA question. He asks, How long do you think it'll be until SGA makes an all star type of leap? We've talked a lot about seeing him being a potential all star. When do you guys think he makes that leap?
1: Uh, I mean, there's not many all stars that are on bad teams that aren't just putting up ridiculous numbers. And kind of like we just talked about, we don't see SGA necessarily being a guy that's going to go score 25 a night while the Thunder are rebuilding and they're a quote unquote bad team. So I don't, it's hard to say until we're truly a contender again, and he's showing his worth on a contending team, it's going to be hard for him to get, get that all-star nod and, and make that, make that leap. I
2: mean, I could see him, um, like we said, right? <laughs> again, depending on how long Chris Paul's on this team, this could be the, I mean, him getting the kind of getting the torch passed to him, you know, and, <laughs> and this becoming his team. I could see him making, making that sort of leap here in the next couple of years, um, which I'm really excited to watch. And I'm like we said, I'm I'm really glad that instead of just getting draft picks back for Paul George, that we were still able to get a player uh, of the caliber of, of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's really exciting. And I think at, the amount of Twitter questions we got about him really shows that other guys are excited as well. Uh, Jacob, do you have anything else to add, add to that? Yeah, so, we, so we can you guys on? still
3: hear me? I'm sorry. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so no, good. I think in the league, uh, we see a lot of times – Players make a jump from season one to season two, from their rookie season season to their sophomore season. Uh, that that is typically like I hear a lot of NBA guys argue that you know maybe we shouldn't give out or even consider second year players as most improved guys because it's just logically that they would make a jump from season one to season two. Um, I'm hoping that's the case with Shea that in season two, we see a really consistent and polished, more not polished, but more polished player. Um, and, and I think if that's the case and his trajectory continues up, that that you're looking at a guy that that could legit be a top 15 point guard, top 12 point guard in the league by the end of his rookie scale contract, by, by year four in the league for him.
2: yeah yeah absolutely and that that's something like i said to be extremely excited about if you're a thunder fan Jeez, these stupid dogs well while taylor
3: is um getting his dogs under control uh let's segue for just a second
1: yeah all right guys uh we have an announcement to make blue wire is teaming up with harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set. Now this trial set includes a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to Harry's.com slash Bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with hundred percent quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and you'll get a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your razor for just
2: $3. Good stuff. So, uh, speaking of good stuff, Russell Westbrook provided the thunder with a lot of good stuff, a lot of good memories. And we had quite a few questions as well about that. So we picked a couple out here. The first one coming from at Austin underscore T 78. Does Westbrook finish his career in Houston or does he finish it? In this is OPC? an interesting
3: one, man. Um, I don't think he will finish his career in OKC as far as playing. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they do one of those like one-day contracts so he can retire as a Thunder. But Westbrook is not going to play any more basketball in an Oklahoma City jersey. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, but, but I could see them doing that that one-day thing that they've done with players before. Not the Thunder, but just the league in general. I could see something like that happening.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I don't think he'll quote unquote finish his career. Like you mentioned, the one day thing is probably going to happen. But as far as finishing his career, I mean, after his contract in Houston, you know, he could go somewhere else and play and, and he could be a, a Vince Carter type guy and kind of bounce around. He's already, you know, finished that. You know he's he he, at this point can't go the Dirk route and finish his career with one team. So I I think he'll be a guy that plays into his upper thirties with with several different teams. But I don't think it'll be OKC or Houston.
2: Yeah, and that's I actually tweeted that out after he had been traded to Houston. That was one of my reaction tweets. Uh, I mentioned that I still think he'll retire somehow in Oklahoma City now that's probably going to be either a 10-day contract or a one-day contract. But regardless, I, I think he technically will be retired in OKC, like like Jacob said, but um, I, I don't see him playing much more basketball unless he decides, like, hey, this is going to be my last season. I want to do a D-Wade farewell season, and I want to do it with OKC, so I'll sign for the vet minimum. Um, or I guess even see him after him and, and Harden have their run, just saying, hey, I'm going to go to – I'm, I'm a free agent now. Now my super max is up. I'm going to go play for the vet minimum back home in L.A., and then call it quits and then sign a one day, retire in OKC. And that's a, another yeah. option for him as uh, well. Let's go
1: on
3: to but, uh, the next Twitter question from yeah. at Evan Flow. Uh, he asks, what's Russell Westbrook's best game of his career? And what's your personal favorite game?
2: Oh, that's so hard. That's what so hard. Saying.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> um, I mean, oh. is anybody going to argue that the best game of Russell's career – Are are either of you two going to argue that something besides that Denver game?
2: Uh, I was going to mention that as my favorite. (laughs) That was my favorite Russ moment. And so I think that's therefore probably my favorite Russ game because we got the full Russell Westbrook experience where he, he wasn't playing well. He was forcing things at times. You could tell he's trying to get that record, but as soon as he, he got that last uh, that last assist from Samadra Christian. And hit the three pointer to give him that triple double and to to break the record. From there, he just started playing his game and just took over. And that's when we saw him hit that that game winner uh, against Denver. Didn't that get him to fifty points as well? I mean, I just that performance is just one of the most legendary performances, and it, and it knocked Denver out of, of the playoffs all at the same time. You know, that's just I, I'm with you. I think that's a legendary performance, and it also it's probably my favorite game. Um, I think an honorable mention, and this is recency bias, but the 2020 game is just incredible. That a player is able to go out and do that, particularly when it has the meaning that it did. Uh, you guys can look that up if, if you don't know about it uh, with Nipsey Hussle, but I mean, that's just phenomenal. And then, I mean, he's had, he's had a lot of insane memories. Uh, I think about that time where he just, he, he had the dent in his face and played with the mask, uh, got a crippled double at next game and just was flying around the court. That was fun.
1: So yeah, Nick, what about you? Yeah, I was, I was going to mention the 2020 as well. Just the meaning behind it. Uh, it was pretty incredible.
3: So I'm trying to look this one up real quick. I know there's this awful podcast. I mean there's a game, the Thunder uh versus Phoenix. Um, I think it was two seasons ago. It was in December. Um the the game that Russ pulled out the sham god. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh
2: yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, that was really cool. It was think like two seasons was, ago,
3: it was two seasons ago. I'm trying to look up real quick. That's how um, it thinking. was here in Oklahoma City. That was
2: uh, that's pretty awesome.
3: Oh, but but Russ had something like nineteen assists or something that game, and I just remember the the level of control he was in in that game. That was one of my favorites. Um, the the twenty 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 game for Nipsey um, was another one of my favorites. Just to see how much Russ could take over a game my, my favorite games of Russell Westbrook were those games where he completely dominated the game without shooting the ball. Those games where he just continually had these just insane assists where he was putting the ball on a silver platter for his teammates. Uh those were always my favorites.
2: That's peak Russell Westbrook and I think that's that's kind of what Houston is banking on, right? When they made that trade for him, and they're hoping that Harden can can bring that out, bring that out of Russ, and that they'll get that that sort of Westbrook moving forward, um, one who isn't throwing up contested three pointers or uh, or long twos, uh, one that's distributing and just controlling the game with his with his aggressiveness and his rebounding and his his court vision and his super accurate passing. You know, I, I think that's a really good point, Jacob.
3: So, oh, it was, it was back in 2016. Um, that, that Phoenix game. I, okay. I just wow. watched the Sham God video. Poor brother, you, you he had no clue. What that's the awesome. hell was coming? Oh my God. I forgot. Yeah. That was <laughs> uh Victor ladipo was on the team at that point in time.
2: Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, so the next Twitter cool question what comes year, from at
3: KKP underscore ATC who asks, what was the moment, either a play, a series, a game, et cetera, where you knew Russ was going to be what he became during his time in OKC? Was there ever a, a game or a moment that it, it it just kind of clicked?
1: Yes. For me, this is going to sound super specific, but it was like December, November of 2010, and this is so long ago, the Thunder were playing the New Jersey Nets. And it was a three-overtime game. The Thunder won. It was Russell Westbrook's, uh, what about his second or third season? But I think it was his third season uh, in the NBA. His first, first season being an All-Star. Um, he put up 38-15-9. And, and he was like 20, 21 years old. And I was like, holy crap, Like this dude is legit. Yeah, that's, that's
2: solid. I'm I'm surprised you remember that. <laughs> that's uh that's really good. I think, see, for me, it, it, it's hard without going back and doing research and, and seeing some of those games because there's games like that probably would come before these two. I'm going to mention um, one. I bring up again, I mentioned it in our last pack podcast is one of my, my number two favorite Russ memory is during that Lakers series. I think in 2012 when he, or no, sorry, not 2012. Uh, it was, earlier than that but when they played the lakers um it was a young russ harden kd core and russ had that scoop shot in the third third quarter uh, i think they were yeah, tied up 24. with the lakers at this point and somebody that's that oh, okay what's was 2012 i thinking it's okay got okay yeah, yeah yeah so uh he has that scoop shot hits the and one and there's those iconic photos you know at that point you realize that's when you started to realize it's like so kevin Drake Kevin Durant may be the face of this franchise, but Russell Westbrook is the heart. And from there, we just kind of saw him take over. But I think another one is is in the finals when they played the Heat. Um, he had what well, he had a ridiculous stat line. I have uh, Let's see. So he had forty three points in Game Four when the Thunder were down two to one against the Heat. They still ended up losing that game one hundred and four to ninety eight, but it was because of Russ that kept him kept him close and and he almost single handedly uh, tied the series back up uh, in the finals against LeBron James. at you know, arguably close to his peak. I think that was another time when I realized like this guy can be the sole player on a franchise. Yeah. So
3: I was going to mention, I was going to mention that finals game, Uh, another game, uh, um, just a moment that kind of stuck out to me. Not that Russ at this moment, I knew Russ was a, a great player or anything, but just that, that he was that guy. He was that dog. Uh, The Thunder's first ever playoff appearance 2010 against the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe it was game three. It was game three or four here in Oklahoma City. Uh, The Thunder went on this massive third quarter run that was capped off by a James Harden three. But the run started with a Russ drive down the lane and dunk on Lamar Odom and oh, that moment for that. me was just like okay so this is who this guy is this is what he's about you know and that that was just that moment for me that was that kind of stuck out
2: was that the dunk he made, or was that the one that like ricocheted like into the stands because he dunked it so hard? I think that's what it was, but it was just the fact that he went up and did that. Like everybody's, ma- yeah. mouths just dropped, <laughs> like jaw Definitely. dropped.
3: Um, we'll talk a lot more about Russ as as the summer progresses, uh, but right now let's let's shift over. We have a handful of Twitter questions that we want to finish up. Just kind of miscellaneous stuff uh, to finish out the podcast before we choose our favorite question and. Uh, and give away a t-shirt. So we're going to kind of rapid fire through these ones. I'll take the first one. At Jared Fergie says, Hey Nick, do you still want to take a flyer on Swaggy P?
1: (laughs) I liked this a lot when I saw it on Twitter today. Thank you, Jared, um, for asking this question. But now that we are no longer a contending team in need of an elite three-point shooter, I no longer oh, want to take a flyer the
2: on R.I.P. What an era. Truly the end of an era. <laughs> I'd like to take uh, a flyer on Anthony <laughs> Bennett. <laughs> uh, who, he signed with, uh, with somebody. Houston uh, the, the Rockets. Rockets. Yeah, yeah, the Rockets. That's right. So the next question we have here is, at Thunder Craze 15, he asks, with Stephen... In parentheses, he put most likely uh, the best player on the team next season. Will he try to shoot mid-range jumpers? As Ooh, in like, so will he I, expand I got a hot his take game? on
3: this one. Um, he will not shoot mid-range jumpers, but we will see Steven Adams shoot a handful of three-pointers uh, in the flow of an offense, not as uh, buzzer shot clock or uh, game clock buzzer beaters.
2: I love it. And this is the year to do it. I'm with you 100%. We've wanted to see it from Steven. And now uh, as we transition into this new phase of Thunder basketball. Yeah, Steven, from everything I've heard, Steven is a
3: very analytics-driven type of guy. And so he is not going to shoot mid-range shots. He thinks mid-range shots are bad. So if he's going to shoot anything, he's going to shoot three-pointers. For the record, the most – Steven has shot two, four, six – he has shot seven 3-pointers in his entire career. Um if I set <laughs> next season for Steven Adams at 3-pointers over under at 14 and a half, are you guys taking the over or the under?
2: Um I'm probably taking the under, I think. But uh I want to be opposed to, to that being higher. Or but th- than him, you know, reaching that mark and, and shooting more than that.
1: That's a super interesting question. Um Okay, I'll take the nice. over.
3: Uh next Twitter question from TCBTS 19. Ideally, where do you see this Thunder team in 5 years?
2: <laughs> uh well, I mean, he hey, mentioned ideally. Should, right? ideally <laughs> so ideally,
3: I'd ideally, right, yeah. say realistically right, yeah. where are, do you see he... this Thunder team in 5 years?
2: Right. I think that's a, a, a good way to put it. I think realistically in five years. Um if this rebuild goes according to plan and with the head start that Presti already has on it from these these superstar trades or these blockbuster trades that he's he's done, I think realistically it's it's safe to say that they should be back in playoff yeah, contention at the very least, years, right? Like they've probably been back. In the playoffs playoffs
3: for two. And they're they're fighting for home right. Court.
2: Right. And yeah, I, I think at that point, we probably have some other young stars that t- we've paired with SGA, um, probably Ferguson at that point. But again, five years ago, we still had Kevin Durant, and we're thinking that the Thunder would probably yeah. have a championship. I so, you know. Maybe. It's, it's the, the NBA, right? Yeah. Especially in the NBA.
3: Uh, next one at Michael Clampett. How many picks could a Presty man pick if a Presty man could pick picks?
2: <laughs> that's uh, good that's really good um yeah there you go uh i think so yeah seven so that's, that's probably a good over under number to set um on on Presty blockbuster trade firsts yeah, can yeah, first get yeah. in return uh, that's I, I like the number um that kind of reminds me of fred Katz's response to i think it was down to dunk or okc dream team or andrew Schleck or somebody yesterday he said he he asked them um something along the lines of does Pressy now sign sign a uh, sign off on his his uh, text messages with please send pics as in p i c k s? Thought that was pretty funny. Reminds me That's of that question that Michael just um, asked.
3: Next one from at kkp underscore atc asks: Is now the time for a rebrand? If so, what would you like to see added or removed? Uh, this is in reference to like the logo and the jerseys and whatnot. Nick, you have an opinion yes. on this one?
1: Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm in the boat where, like, if they if they do rebrand, it'd be cool. But if not, like, I'm I'm still fine but with I'm the not, way we are I mean, right now.
3: A total rebrand would be mm. interesting. I would just be fine if they made the statements, the the basic strategies.
1: Right.
2: That's what I was gonna say. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a really yeah, good question for Justin. For Justin. Was on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh but i'm with you i think like just going with the statement like for the okc being one of the main like that that fonts being one of the main uh main jerseys the Thunderwear and then i like the idea of like just thunder on the other one um I, it's kind of cool that they're switching up the thunder and the oklahoma city jerseys this year the icon and the statements or so, sorry the icon and the associations but um yeah i honestly i wouldn't mind Shame. a complete, uh, complete next from around.
3: at josh langley twenty eight. Who would you rather build the franchise around in a couple of years, Zaire Wade or Bronny James?
2: I'll let you go first, Nick. I feel like I'm going first a lot.
1: <laughs> um, that is a weird question to ask. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know outside of Bleacher Report hype videos. I don't have like numbers on these guys, but. I guess I would take yeah, either. It, it's hard. I, don't, I, don't I don't know anything That's about
3: it. Preps Hoops, so I couldn't say anything on this one either.
2: I so I follow overtime Hoops and, and they post a lot of like high school stuff. I've seen quite a few highlights of mainly Bronny, um, some of Zaire. I think Bronny's probably my favorite there. I mean, he really does have natural talent just like his dad. Um, and I feel bad for him because obviously Yeah,
3: how do you having have to live bad?
2: up to that? I know probably it's kind of tough, right? Right, but he does have the talent, but I will say I mean this thunder team, they probably aren't going to take either of them, <laughs> and just that, even just even if they were super interested in both of them, just the chances that one of them would would fall to us. Yeah. You know, you just, uh, you never so, know last
3: Twitter question from at Jack Barna three: What returning player do you all expect the most improvement from? So, returning means they weren't, or they they were on the team last year and they're coming back this year. So, guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander do not count. What returning player do you guys expect the most improvement from?
2: Another great question. Nerland, oh, that's, an Noel. That that's dark horse one. That's, that's a, nice, that's Nick. A good wild card. Very good wild card. I like that. Um, I think Steven Adams is up there as well, but I'm probably going to stick with the – I think the one that probably most Thunder fans would say. And Okay, Ferguson. see, mine's uh,
3: going to be the most improvement. So what they were world. last year versus what they're going to be this coming year. Uh, I'm going to go Hamadou Diallo. You know, I, I, I think, again, I like it. from year one I like to year two, lot. you I see a big watching. jump sometimes in players uh, that that's the year they make that jump. And so I'm, I'm expecting a jump from Homie. You
2: know, what's really interesting, just really quick, a quick aside on Hami, uh, watching him in summer league and granted, I probably only watched like two full games uh, and then try to watch some of the other highlights and stuff. But I mean, he did handle the ball a lot more than I expected and he did a pretty decent job with it. Uh, and just watching like his raw athleticism and his explosiveness and just watching him handle the ball like that, you know, he, he also kind of struggles with his shooting, his outside shots and his jumper he kind of reminds me of a young Russ in, in a yeah, he's unique way, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, it'd be kind of cool to see him run some yeah. points this so, season. So
3: let's go ahead and start bumping some outro music to get out of here. And uh, let's pick our favorite Twitter question and give away one of those SGA jerseys. Or not jerseys, God. Uh, we don't got that. Kind of oh. uh, sure. So <laughs> uh, sure. Nick, out of all the questions we asked tonight, Which one was your favorite? Which one do you think we should give a shirt away for?
1: Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I like the one from KKP underscore ATC. The moment, game, series, whatever it may have been that you knew Russ was going to be the guy he is.
3: Nice. I'm cool with it. So at KKP underscore ATC, you have won an SGA shirt. One of the ones that we just dropped. We will be DMing you soon. Uh, with all that information so hey thank you guys so much for checking out our podcast we know this is a an interesting time for okc thunder basketball with everything kind of shifting so we really appreciate you guys checking us out uh writing with us if you're a, a continual listener thank you so much if you're new we're so happy you checked us out please come back again click that subscribe button um just like the Thunder, we are evolving as well, and we have lots of big plans rest, left for the rest of the summer. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Nick is at Crane NBA. Taylor's at Taylor underscore P15. Myself, I am at Thunder Mob 405. You can also check out our Blue Wire Podcast Network Twitter page at Blue Wire Pods. And website bluewirepods.com. Uh, you guys have a great week. We will be back with you probably at the end of this week. Uh, maybe we'll have some Chris Paul news by then. Who knows? And uh, until then, as always,
0: Sundra. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.